May 23rd, 2019, it's a Watt for Pedro show.
Watch for Pedro show. You just heard our guest, brother man. Yeah, how you doing? good. It's all man, good. Man, was that a surprise storm? Man, yeah. The day that came out, we had a blue skies people here in SoCal, and we're at, getting towards the end of May and out of nowhere. Yeah, it's still been kind of like lingering now it's winter. All gray ass. Yeah. In fact, my hobble it was blowing went right from the hobble to, to your pad. Oh, cool. Here, because it was you know I do a grade then a no grade then a uh-huh. grade, so it was grade day, uh-huh. and it was supposed to be Paul Bunker. D- uh, battery, uh, even though they're bonkers, mm-hmm. don't call them that because that was his name. <laughs> but that'd be all mud. So instead, uh, I did this overlook to Furman, the Korean Bell pack mm-hmm. pad. It's cool having plenty of options. Ten, I got ten routes. <laughs> yeah, and you can switch them out, uh-huh. you know, because we don't get a lot. But man, you don't want to be, especially if you're a cripple like me, mm-hmm. wading through mud and shit, mm-hmm. falling down. Don't want to go down. Uh, but everything else, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, we lost Richard Derrick. That sucks, man. Yeah, this is uh, old time Pedro musician people, and probably your spin cycle. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do this whole. I, I got. I'm one of the keepers of his musical archive. And he made so, a buttload. Yeah, right? yeah man, buttload. this guy so, was incredibly yeah, he, prolific. After he could play any instrument, but after his Parkinson's set in, he yeah. kind of went through a period in the studio taking care of projects and stuff that always piled up. Everything. So he did that while he still could, and then yeah. then his couldn't do that anymore. Um, but yeah, man, that, that that dude he suffered the last few years with all that in, stuff. In Crane a few months. Yeah, ago. yeah, that was cool. I went to uh, high school and junior high with his brother, mm. Robert. Very very quiet guy. I don't think he did music. But it's very very sweet. <laughs> uh, oh, we started off blues to you alternate take two, John Coltrane and Prelude from False Bliss. Who our guests? Uh, yeah. Three of them are in Edinburgh: Alster, John, Chris. And then Dave is in Toronto, Canada. So we're working a three-way here, Brother Matt. I don't think yeah. we've ever done that before. What's your favorite way to get false bliss? <laughs> Probably this way, man. Uh, <laughs> can't say in video. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. All right, all right, all right. So anyway, I think it's a new thing for the... Yeah, three-way. Right, three-way. Uh, yeah. Who's the baloney? Are we the baloney? <laughs> the, what they call it in the Northwest? They call it Lucky Pierre, right? <laughs> <laughs> the socket man in a three-way. <laughs> Who wants to go first? We're going to talk about uh, your uh, journey through music. Okay. Uh, Dave, you up for it, or should we? You guys lead on. I'll follow. Yeah, let's go alphabetical. Alistair. Okay. What's your, um, er- what's your earliest musical memory? Oh, man. Um, being taken to uh, see Shirley Bassey by my mum, my wow. auntie, and my uncle. Cool. Wow. And, yeah. She just got to play with her, and she was us and them were the only ones, or her, uh-huh. with real bands. She's a Welsh lady, right? Really low, strong voice. Yeah, yeah, she's got beauty voice. That's um, pre propeller um, head? Yeah, like different costume change after <laughs> each second song. It's a bit of a funny one because there's a, a UK comedian called Danny Baker who is supporting, and it's like the most r- ridiculous combination you can think of. And he was like, I mean, have a kind of uh, penis joke, and uh, the whole crowd were made up of people like my mum and my auntie. So that was the very first uh, show I ever went to. You know, you used to do it when I first, no, the second time I saw television at the Roxy mm. on Sunset, West Hollywood, a comedian opened the gig. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and the last bit was like him uh, 
putting a beer, spilling beer out, and put a uh, bottle down there like it was his uh, dick. And he goes, here's a heroin joke. <laughs> and then Dick Lloyd comes out. His guitar falls off the strap. He don't even know it. He's strumming. <laughs> Roadie man had to put up there. So, so in the house you grew up in, Alistair, did, did, was there instruments? No, not at all. So uh, were, you, were your folks like listeners? Did you have records? Yeah, she had a few records, but like uh, she was mainly like a singer. Like um, she quite enjoyed choir, so she used to go to like some groups in town. Like I moved up to Scotland from England, like when I was a wee nipper, like very small. And um, my man, she used to go up and uh, sing in the choir, and she's probably sang to more people than I've ever played music to. Now, uh, well, uh, does she get you into singing? Yeah, well, I definitely think that's where I got my, my vocal cords from. Okay. Um, what about in school? I, Did you get in the choir or some shit like that? Yeah, I, I was I was more into plays. Like, uh, I was like the Pharaoh, like, uh, in the Moses play. The theater. <laughs> so I had, like, waves crashing down on me. I was, uh, I used to, like, be the little actor, so that was, that was me. And, okay, uh, you'd be surprised. A lot of people in music have uh, roots in acting. I've, uh, we've had on the show here. Uh, it's weird. I don't think I've ever told anybody that, and now I'm telling Michael Watt on the radio. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I think in the old days it was really heavy, like doing drama in high school. It's kind of, kind of a stereotype. <laughs> but that's that's society's problem, not our problem. So fuck them. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, what, what, did you do the thing like uh, garage bands on the side in the basement in the bedroom, that kind of shit? I think, uh, yeah, it was kind of that way. Like, um, I kind of like got pretty bypassed by all the bands in school. And, you know, I got to like a little bit later in school, and I was like, "Oh man, I've, I've missed out on this really cool thing. I kind of want to sing in a band." What, what, then, uh, what about what about uh, what was the first record you bought yourself? Oh man, um, I think like actually dedicated to it was um, the Prodigies, like the Joy Generation. We just, like we, we just lost like uh, we just lost the dancer guy, right? Yeah, that's it, Keith Flynn. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think that was the, that was the first band I properly got excited about. What, what about I mean, the like, first gig you went to, Alistair? First gig, I was Stereophonics in the Barrowlands. Wow, that's a trip. And so, so a little later, like what, like college? Did you go to college? Yeah, I went to college. So. Um, after I like started getting a bit older, I started joining in bands and some friends down the way. We lived in the countryside. Uh, they had like a spare house that their parents were building up, and we used to practice in there and put like foam all over the walls and stuff, and make our own little practice rooms and forming like a little. Uh, we made like a little festival named after my friend Gab. So it was called Gab Fest, which was pretty hilarious. <laughs> we were with like, railway sleepers and like bits of floorboard and scaffolding and just kind of wrecked it together it was pretty good sure, and then sure. we just started sharing music like just started getting into like bands like Sonic Youth and you know Gazzy and Minutemen no but the way yeah well the way you're doing it is total Minuteman philosophy Jamie Connell oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let's you, let's, was, let's move on to Chris Chris what's your earliest music re recollection um I got taught piano when I was a kid um it was by this old Norwegian lady that lived beside me and uh, if I was good and I practiced my scales, she would play me some of uh, Edward Grieg's stuff that was like sure. a really 
like the really ominous short songs about trolls and stuff. She used to tell me the stories while she was playing it on the piano. That was probably my earliest. So there was a piano in the pad you grew up? What town was that? Uh, that was in a place called Kelso, which is right at the border between Scotland and England. And okay. uh, yeah, we had, we had a piano in our house when we were growing up. Okay, what about... Did you, did, uh, but you, it was a good experience, you know, because we've had lots of people had horrible piano. But this lady was all right. Like, if you played your scales right, which means you had to practice, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I felt kind of encouraged to practice. And, sure, sure. Uh, um, just for the reward of hearing her playing with a lot more kind of skill than I could ever imagine getting to. Um, did, did, you do, did you do music in school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No, I did I did a little bit of drums for the jazz band, but no, not really. I didn't even take. Okay, how, how did you get on? How did you get on the drums? Because that's what you're playing now, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, just really wanted to crack it. Um, I wanted to play in a punk band, and so I did play in a punk band. I couldn't really play very much when I first started. It was just kind of faking it till I made it. When, uh, when did you get your first set drum set? Um, I probably would have been about twelve when I got my first drum set. Um, oh. My parents had kind of. My parents knew that I was quite musical, and um, yeah, I uh, I heard played a little bit at high school. They never really heard me play, so they kind of went on a limb, hoping that it was going to be worth the investment. And uh, I hope that it was. Where'd you practice in your bedroom? Yeah, yeah. Did they my dig that? Yeah, yeah. My mom's so patient. Like, <laughs> All right. Yeah, my you, you usually my, buy your uh, enemy neighbor kid a drum set, right? What was the first record you bought yourself, Chris? Oh man, um, probably a Slayer record. Maybe. Yeah, I like it was just like loud and fast. Was basically all I was interested in. Um, yeah. Well, then, mean, you, then you wouldn't have liked South of Heaven, right? That was a slow one. No, no, no. It was Rain and Blood. If it was any of them, it must have been Rain. <laughs> yeah. And what was the first gig you saw? Uh, I seen Tool supported by Mastodon when I was fourteen. Mastodon, good band. Yeah, I think yeah. Atlanta, then, uh, Atlanta guys. Yeah. Yeah, uh, look, I want to play Am I You, Are You Me?
on some flower. And I, I wrap the flower while the man puts his hand in his pocket. I guess to find some money. Money to pay for the flower. Let's go. 
Live from Pedro Show, we heard M-I-U-R-U-Me. <laughs> M-I-U-R-U-Me. Yeah. Right? That's it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. From False Bliss. And then Paper Mice uh, with Swine Flu... Flying Swine Flu Suits. <laughs> so, yeah, everybody's trying to make fucking titles. Watkins. These are bands that Howie Reeve likes. He was on a, uh, the show last week. Well, no, a couple, a couple days. Uh, Big Flame after that man, a few syllables. Bog's Head, appeal session of Can't Be Beat. Uh, Champion, King Champion Sounds, Pity Mall. That's brand new from them. They're on tour. Safe Word, Highland Park, out of SoCal here. Now, brand new record, Crack in the Shell, South London. Hi Fi Club out Toulon, France, brand new, a shirt at night. Lauren with Far, uh, I think New York City. Sajur Bitter Lemon out of Belgrade with Opet On. Thank you, Stanislav. Uh, Blood Quartet from Barcelona with Stress of Her Regard. Now that sounds poetic. A little Shakespeare right there from the Alistair. Uh, Crane with Ascension. Hey, Crane. Not, the, the, not a cover of the John Coltrane song, but uh, probably coming from the same heart. Hey, Crane. Not National Day. <laughs> and then finally, False Bliss with Witchin' Party. Okay, uh, Dave, your turn. Earliest musical recollection. Earliest musical recollection is probably my dad playing the accordion. Your pop's an accordion player. Wow. Oh, yeah. Pete Mazur's second man organ man is, was, too. His parents got it on Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so he had an accordion in the, in the house that he's playing it. At night, what, after oh, work yeah, and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he played, he's played for about 40 years. Damn. Who was the last big... Yeah, yeah. In the U.S., the last big uh, accordion star was a guy named Dick Contino, I think. And it was like in the, Oh, I don't know him. Yeah, in the, well, it was in the 50s. <laughs> Late 50s, early 60s. <laughs> yeah. and it, if you can imagine a sexy man with an accordion, and I guess he was the last of that kind. You know? <laughs> but over here, it was, it was a big instrument. I, I think a lot of the people from East... Uh, Europe was really into it because Pizzo's people uh, yeah. yeah, slap. So, uh, did he want you to play? Oh, God, yeah. And did you learn? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, he, um, was he, there, always, he was, always wanted to. Yeah, I can understand. He always wanted to play something. <laughs> so was there other instruments in the pad? Yeah, yeah. So, he, um, there was a guitar kicking around um, and then... My younger brother is a bagpipe player. Whoa, so what, what town was this? This is just outside Aberdeen in Scotland. Up north, okay. But my parents are from the Highlands. Sure, sure. One day so I want to go always, and play up there. <laughs> I never, I'm always, always at the border, you know, but one day I want to get that, that far up. Okay, so there's a yeah, guitar, you know, so you, yeah. uh, did, you, did, he show, did he know how to play that too? Uh, no, no, he didn't, no, but there's always been some kind of music in the house. When I grew up, okay. didn't matter whether or not I liked it, but it was always there's always something there. Did show, somebody show you stuff on the guitar? No, no, we were um, we were all self taught. Me and my okay. brother, and um, my youngest brother as well. Okay, what was the first record yeah. you bought yourself? The first record I bought myself was when I was ten years old on holiday in Florida um, by. Um, God awful British pop star called Robbie Williams. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. he yeah. was part of it. He was like uh, in a boy band first, right? Oh yeah, yeah. 
that one doesn't stand up quite as well as Slayer. <laughs> Look, you know, everybody's got a path that leads to now. <laughs> and they usually yeah, ain't the same one, okay? So it's okay. It's okay. Well, I mean, what, was, what was the first gig you saw there? Yeah, this one isn't a great answer either. The first gig I went to was Tom Jones. Oh, that's cool. Another Welsh kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I, you know what? That guy and another powerful low that's voice. That's happening. Yeah, and you know what? He, this dude is still playing gigs like Shirley Bassey. Incredible. But this was before his resurgence. He's in better oh. shape than I'll ever be. So this was in the in the kind of the bottom of the valley mode. Yeah, this was like in the late nineties to about a thousand people. Yeah, because what happened was his son took over as manager and revitalized. He did the the Prince cover, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so, what about at school? Were you in the band? Choir? Um, nothing like that. No, it took me like I played a bit of music, but it was never anything I enjoyed, and well, it wasn't really until about my early twenties that I found like-minded people in Aberdeen. And how how did you get on synth? What was that, sorry? How'd you get on synth? Synthesizer. Um, I got bored of playing the bass, believe it or not. Oh, so that you were playing... When, when did you get on the bass? Now I'm very curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played I played bass... Um, like, I, I played guitar and then realized that every second person in Aberdeen plays guitar and I was nowhere near as good as any of them. So I thought, I want to play in a band. Um... And then I went forward from there, and then I realized that there's far, far more to it than just playing guitar. Play bass. Um, I tried. I tried my best, and then I kept going. And then the direction of the sound we were going in meant that we probably wanted to get some something, yeah, more more synth based into it. And then I've kind of split my time between the synth and the bass, and rediscovered my love for it. Yeah, well, there's some funk stuff with real low endy bass made yeah, by, yeah, by yeah. synthesizer, right? Funky worm. And yeah, yeah. There's something being so fucking legato and thick, you know? And then uh, later on, this uh, who'd you take me to see, Brother Matt, in West Hollywood? Uh, Aphrodite. Aphrodite, yeah. Drum and bass. And that, yeah, nobody was playing oh, nice. bass, but they had it coming over a synthesizer kind of or a sequencer trip. Uh, nice. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Uh, do you know um, Do you know Louis Cole? No, hit me to no, it. No, I think he's based in LA as well, but he does a similar kind of thing. Okay, okay, I got to learn tremendously. About it. The left hand, yeah, the left yeah. hand on the keyboard. Okay, yeah. last one here, John. Yeah. Earliest musical recollection. Um, very easy at best. I I was born into. Get closer to the mic, John. Um, yeah, my, my memory is very hazy at best, but um, it's all stories I've been told from when I was quite small. Um, I was born into a musical family, kind of. No one really played an instrument, but my dad owned a music shop in Dunfermline. Oh, wow. And he also... What town, uh, what town was this, John? Uh, Dunfermline in Fife. Sure, sure. Uh, in the late 70s. Um, and he used to manage the skids, you might have heard. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the we guitar, were, I think one of the guitar guys, brother, was a helper man for Porno for Pyros. Curly Jobson, a long time ago. So oh, Richard Jobson, yeah. So they're family friends of ours. Wow. 
Yeah, and then the guy ended up with Echo and the Bunny Man or something. I'm not sure. I mean, I, I think he went on to do film for a while. Oh, okay. But, uh, yeah, my memory ain't so good. So so you had music all around you. Yeah, from when I was born. Um, although a lot of it, it it's kind of hazy because um, my dad sold the record, well, the music shop, when um, I was only like two years old or something like that. So, Well, um, what, what was the first record you bought yourself? It was Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. Okay. <laughs> and what was the first yeah. gig you saw? Um, now, this is slightly embarrassing, but um, it's Black Crows okay. uh, at the Edinburgh Playhouse. Okay. Uh, uh, because how um, you... I was 13 at the time, so... No, our... look, there's no wrong answer with that kind of question. Don't worry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't uh, worry. It's like my, you're, my friend, you know... My friend's dad really liked the Black Crows, so he took us, me and my friend, we were only 13, um, he drove us up to Edinburgh, and he made sure we were okay, um, so he was kind of our chaperone. Yeah, so and, look, uh, look, look, John, we'll blame him. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed it, you know, okay. actually, I wasn't... Well, how did, you, how, did, how did you get on guitar? Um... I'm not sure. I think uh, a lot of my friends were getting into playing music and they were wanting to start a band. And I played a bit of drums, but also wanted to play guitar. So I tried to do a bit of both and we swapped around. Um, the first band I ever played in, we just kind of swapped instruments, which was good. So I, I, I learned to play drums, bass and guitar at the same time. Oh, that's bitching. That is really yeah, bitching. I think if you could play drums, you could play anything else. That's why people try to make drummers out to be like retards. Because they're, they're, they're... No, they're jealous of the power. Because it's all rhythm, right? This is rhythm music. Uh, John, what was your first guitar? My first guitar was a horrible catalog guitar called a Rockster guitar. A catalog uh, guitar? I've never heard of those kind of guitars. Oh, it was like, it was like a UK catalog sort of uh, real cheap entry point guitar. It had oh, you mean like uh, when... Uh, Dan Electro made guitars for Sears and Robux. They called it a silver tone. Oh, not even as good as a silver tone. No, but, thing, but, but what I mean by catalog, it's where you order shit in the old days. It was the old internet. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. So, in fact, you'd always have a big one in the head. And we called it the wish book, right? While you're taking a shit, you know, you're looking through this thing. If I had a bunch of books, I'd buy this and that. And this. Well, I always used to do that. I used to flick through the catalog and I'd be like, Right, I'm only allowed two items per page. <laughs> I'll get this and this. And what was and your first amp, John? My first what? Amp. Amplifier. Um, oh, gosh. It was, I think it was a, a, a mini Marshall. So I don't know if you got them in America, but very tiny battery-operated amps. Battery-operated? Like, yeah, it was, like a, it was designed like a Marshall stack. Like but a, it was the size of a packet of cigarettes, and you could <laughs> actually clip it onto your belt, you know? How'd you get, well, how'd you get that over the fucking drums? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're at the end of the first hour. May 23rd, 2019, Dishwap Beatles Show. Special guest, Falls Bliss, hanging tight for hour two. May 23rd, 2019, it's the second hour of The Watt from Pedro Show.
For Pedro Show, start the second hour off with To the Moon, False Blitz. And listeners out there, I'm very surprised that the yeah, guys living overseas didn't know about the honeymooners <laughs> in the early 50s. This is what Ralph Gannon used to tell his wife when he was threatening the soccer and shit, which was really happening uh, uh, as far as uh, role models to grow up. Hey, you know, this yeah. guy was always screaming. The set was one room, right? It was yeah. like one table and one lamp. <laughs> Really, kind of. Before he, uh, domestic abuse. Yeah, maybe a little bit, right? <laughs> oh, man. And then uh, his buddy was Ed Norton, worked in yeah. the sewer, and he had a wife, too. Trixie? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ripoff was, uh, which, which was, somebody was familiar with, I think, Dave, yeah. uh, the Flintstones. Because uh-huh. they kind of copied that mm. with caveman clothes. Yeah. <laughs> which I guess just was a different, different era. Yeah, right. And deletions after that was set set up. Uh, Telomere repair with Patience Douglas Ca- Caviers with uh, Panis at Cercenis uh, Lear, Joe Biza, Felix Gebhard uh, duo. 
he made a, a record. It's called Two Duos. I think. It's with Felix with one, and then uh, Jason Kahn, his old drummer, on the other. Incredible. Joe Biza. He's coming to uh, Casa Hanzo at the end of Joe Biza? June to record a demo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Pizzo. And then uh, the fiction with Real Housewives of the Salton Sea. Got <laughs> 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 order to that one. <laughs> the Healers, uh, Sick. And uh, False Bliss with Interlude, which is, I guess, uh, the middle part if you're going to have a prelude. The thing is, you didn't have an end in one. There was no uh, coda. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I want to get yeah. to the story of fucking False Bliss. Because I know you guys had a, a death pedal before this. And, and that's how I met you. <laughs> so let, let, let's enlighten the listeners to the story of you guys coming together. Basically, um, it was like my, I was doing like a solo thing and I decided to make it like... This is, this is Alistair talking, right? This is Alistair talking from Edinburgh, 15 degrees outside. <laughs> um, yeah, like uh, I was doing a solo thing and um, I'd taken a couple of years out of music and I started like trying to, thinking I'd want to do something again and then um, it was Death Puddle. It was like had bowels in there. Oh, but puddle, like, not pedal. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pedal sounds. I thought mean. it was like dangerously riding a fucking bike, like on a freeway or something. <laughs> <laughs> that, that pedal sounds so much cooler, anyway. Um, but just dropped all the vowels when um, I basically met up with John and uh, Dave was living in Edinburgh at the time as well, and we just formed this like sort of wee band, and I'd come up with, like the, the the tracks initially, but then. We just formed a band from there, and I think when we started working on this record, it was important to show that it was like it wasn't just me anymore. It was like, it, and how we've come together is like something that I think is pretty, pretty fucking awesome, really, because we've all like added in just different elements. It's not just like different songs, but so Alster, Alster, you're telling me the first guy you met was Dave. Dave, yeah, Dave in Aberdeen. So, like, I grew up in Aberdeen as well. And so, when uh, solo, you're you're playing what guitar and singing? Yeah, I was I was playing like a really detuned like uh, Telecaster at the time, and just and, making horrible music. And so, you bring in to Dave, your, what your your duo, and he's doing bass and synthesizing. Uh, it was it was more like uh, I I did like a couple of things on my own and I had friends like help out with different bits and pieces and then when I moved to Edinburgh it was like me Dave and John and then you got John on, on but he, was he doing drums or was he doing guitar? Only only me and John were playing in an up band called GSH Fox and he was playing drums in that and I said hey man do you want to play some guitar and. I think you were pretty up for it, so... Yeah, so, I was so, dying. So, Death Puddle, the first uh, version of Death Puddle, had you on guitar, detuned guitar, Dave on the synth and bass, and then John was playing guitar, too. You had no drummer? No, uh, like, uh, we had a different drummer. That was Ross, who's actually from the estate side as well. Okay. So we're just like a musical carousel of uh, members. Okay, so when does Chris join the band? Chris joined after Ross left, and then... That's yeah, when was we, that? And that was, what? 2016. 2016, so that's when we probably became full splits, really. Okay, okay. So when Death Puddle ends, it kind, of, it, it kind of... The segue is on the drummer move. Yeah, that's it. Okay, okay, okay let's go back to the first Death Puddle gig. What was that like? Where was it at? Uh, 
I was supporting uh, one of the guys from the Scars in the, the Scars. Yeah. Are you talking about yeah. the, the, they had a fast single, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, the, they, that was a great band. I don't know if they ever got had an album or anything, but I had that seven inch. Yeah, like I think it was called was... Horror Story or something. I see. I don't know. I, I I ended up getting pulled into this game. No, this like... shit. We're talking like late seventies, uh, early eighties. Okay. Cool. Yeah. One if it's if it's a, if it's the same scars I'm thinking of on fast records, yeah, 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 absolutely. Basically, he knew one of the local promoters in Aberdeen, and um, we we often knew this like promoter because he had like a, a fucking I don't know devil's altar in the, his back garden supposedly. So it was always like cool trying to get gigs off him, and then I ended up support, supporting Paul Research from the Scars, which was kind of crazy for a first gig, and I was singing about songs of. I don't know, this detuned guitar, like, sort of feeling pretty down about myself and just <laughs> really making everybody else feel miserable before well, I started. If I remember about the Scars, the bass guitar was pretty loud. It was good. It was good. Yeah, man. I think he yeah. played a Rickenbacker. Okay, so you're singing this, but the other guys are playing with you, right? Or is it, no, no, that's gig. That okay, the first, oh, Death Pedal is first you, but Puddle is first you by yourself, then you bring in the other guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Then I moved down to Edinburgh, and that's where all the guys started coming in. Sure, sure, sure. And so, what's the first gig with Dave and John? Dave and John, uh, I think it was a little place. There's a there's a venue called uh, Paradise Palms, which is really ethically a really cool acceptance venue, and it's really like uh, they play a lot of electronic music. And we played for a local label called Song by Toads, which I don't think he's doing anything anymore, but he used to be our label. Um, and we played a gig there, and yeah, it was it was ridiculous, but really good fun. And uh, what about the first time you guys recorded together? Uh, with Chris, or just no, like no, the... no, 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 because Chris is actually False Bliss. I'm still talking death, yeah. death, death so, puddle. The first time we started recording together was uh, there was a guy called Gary who we'd met through some friends. He's a really good uh, sound engineer, and he has this like kind of weird uh, studio south of Edinburgh, and um, it's like in what used to be a school, but uh, like there's like uh, I don't I don't know. He's like sort of uh, fleshed it out with a studio. We ended up uh, recording there. I don't know about uh, 2015, maybe somewhere around then. We came up with this EP, and that went things started changing from being really death metal to full splits. Okay. And do you remember the first uh, gig you did with Chris? Oh, yeah. yeah, we played with a we played with a band from New York called Show Me the Body. They were playing in Glasgow, and that was the first gig. Yeah, what, uh, what venue? That, that, what venue? That band, like, the the front man, like was playing like uh, a banjo at one point. Was, uh, <laughs> what what venue? Um, broadcast. broadcast in Glasgow. Yeah, I played there. I played broadcast. I've played mono, I've played stereo, I've played... <laughs> mono and stereo are two of the best venues now. Yeah, Yeah, all that below the deck kind of stuff. The first one I played was nice and sleazy. Brother, oh, yeah. usually chow pads or bars, and then they get the action going on uh, live downstairs. Yeah, yeah. Kind yeah, of yeah, Glasgow right. thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, I'm going to be in Glasgow with Flipper in August. 
I know we're coming. We're, 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 we were just speaking about getting tickets before you. Uh, Actually, I think it's CCA, which is a really kind of very yeah, nice yeah, venue. Very, very, yeah, very good, Pat. Yeah, I've got my ticket already. You already did. You're most kind. Yeah. I love that yeah. band, and Minutemen played with them 39, 40 years ago. Wow. Yeah, up in the city where the, you know they're from, and uh, I remember getting. Uh, you know, Minutemen used to get a lot of shit thrown at them, but I remember that gig was batteries and fucking batteries hurt, man. <laughs> Especially the D ones, you know. <laughs> you motherfucker. Maybe throw triple A, but no D's. <laughs> so. Yeah, and even p- cups of piss and used rubbers, but fucking D batteries, come on. But anyway, I- I'm looking forward to that. And even more what I'm looking for right now is Brother Matt bringing forth the spin cycle. So you cool. guys hold tight. Very cool. Richard Derrick.
So I'm Brother Matt. This is the Blue Shift, the final chapter, 17 minutes after midnight. Looks like things are ready to roll down the hall with P. Merkin and the Bodag, so we're going to hand things over to them right now here at KXLU. All right, again, we'd like to thank Matt for having us up here because um, he's been really good to us over the last, I guess, five years or something, however <laughs> yeah. long he's been doing it. It's one of the only uh, uh, places in L.A. where unknown people can come up and play on the yeah, radio. Yeah, so this is all dedicated to Matt. So um, anyway, here we go. Oh, yeah. 
Drums at a Minutemen gig at UCLA. Right, right. And that was very, really important. Steve Boone really wanted to do that gig, and Georgie couldn't get it off, so he came to the rescue. But, uh, like Crane. So Crane was mainly a bass guy, right? Mm. So he didn't have to, he could go to the keyboard, he could go to the drums. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the versatile, yeah. yeah very, very versatile, very creative. Cover any bass. And what's uh, down there? I mean, oh, most of the stuff is not. Uh, Hundred percent him. He right. Liked call, he liked to play with other people. Yeah, yeah, make stuff happen. Yeah, kind of like the, the ideal of the bass player. What's going on over there, uh, guys? We're talking about what we just uh, played during uh, Brother Matt's spin cycles because we wanted to know. You guys listening or what? Sorry, what's that? Oh, yeah, 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 you know, you're on the air. Okay, yeah. well, people are here. retarded and shit. Important stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, it's important shit here. We're talking about Richard Dare of the music brother that we lost last week and uh, his contributions. This is a guy who didn't really like to, I mean, one of his, he had like to have funny names for his projects and one of them was called Solo Career, but it was actually playing with all kinds of different people. Yeah, wasn't it? So great name. All. <laughs> and, and in fact, Empty Box is more of a thing. He liked to, yeah, what can we fill up the empty box with mm -hmm. musically? He's more about like that and you're, you're dearly miss uh, Richard. You guys, we're going to talk about the new album when we come back because we're at the end of the second hour of the, what is it? No worries, pal. May 23rd, 2019 <laughs> edition. Well, Peter, hold tight for hour three. May 23rd, 2019, it's the third hour. Yeah. Of the Watt from Peter <laughs> Show.
dedicated to everyone in this room. Um, uh, I hope everything's going to be okay. I'm still free, 
tell the world about it Cause I got no doubt about it
Yeah. Watch for Pedro show start off the third hour. You, you heard them acknowledge that. Okay. Third hour with Tropicate from False Bliss. Then uh, Code Hangers with Squeaky Tiki. Uh, Julie Slick, great bass player out of Philly with Cyrene. Spain, that's a bass player, Josh Hayden, uh, Petra's brother. He's going to do two songs with him at the end of the month. Cool. Do Herbie Flowers, that's a good bass player from England. He did a wild thing. You ever hear a, what's it called? Walk on the Wild Side? Yeah. He did two basses, a stand-up and electric. Oh, oh One slides up, one slides down, yeah, with the fucking 11th. Great idea. Um... What do he say? Don't do, don't do drugs. Don't play too many notes. <laughs> Finally, silence. False bliss. I want to know about this new record from False Bliss. Where was it done? Um, it was done at my old college because I studied audio engineering um, at college, and they let me go back in, and it didn't cost us anything. Yeah, that's Jamie yeah. Tyler. Where was this? Uh, this is in Edinburgh, um, Edinburgh College. Uh, it had studios put in a few years ago when I first started studying there. Um, and I just messaged them and said, hey, I'll um, pass on whatever knowledge I can. You can get some of the students to help out as engineers and uh, we'll get free recording. And they went for it, so that's what we ended up doing. First Minuteman recording, it never came out, but we did three songs with Frank Tanchi at Harvard College, the same idea. Oh, First time ever I was in a studio. Uh, did you do it in... What, small spurts or one big batch? No, one big batch over one week. We all took the time off. It was five days, um, a day for each instrument, and then kind of pick up some, some extra synth stuff on the last day. Then um, took a break for a while, and then it was vocals later yeah. in the year. The funny thing about the, the recordings before, though, is like, I was so sick during the whole thing that when we got to mixing, I couldn't even remember some of the synth parts I put in. So I was telling Chris to turn a little bit of John's guitar down, but it was actually me just revving up this stupid synth with a slide. And, <laughs> you had yeah. fever? Yeah, I was pretty sick. And uh, yeah, When you get fever, man, it, what's it called, delirium? Uh, man, I, the, the, the vision I always get when I have bad fever is uh, spaghetti getting pulled through a fork, you know? Ooh. <laughs> Can't get that image out of my fucking head. <laughs> but I've, I've been pretty good with the uh, sickness lately. Yeah, been, uh, you got to kind of. <laughs> you know, you don't want to take both. So, uh, what about the process about getting the material? Did you have all the songs written ahead of time? Yeah, pre- I think pretty much. Um, we'd we'd like been jamming for quite a while, and it had gone like through a few phases. Like somebody would have a particular song idea. Or it, we would like sort of jam in batches. So like there was a few times when me and John just jammed, or there was a time when like Dave, Chris, and John jammed, or it was just these little like little combinations that sort of came together, and then we just started putting it together all ourselves. And it was when we got to the studio, there was just one track that like kind of wasn't really that that well rehearsed or like ready, and that was to the moon. And um, it's got this kind of seasick feel to it now because there's these the way Chris has mixed it because Chris mixed it as well like um, the guitars kind of like come in and out of time and it's just got this sort of weird easy feeling I kind of like that though yeah 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 well I think it's a great record and uh, it's a great piece of music and uh, I'm just curious how it came together so you're, you're saying they were jams but the jams were done at the practice pad before you got to the studio 
No, well, it was a bit. It was a bit of everything. Like you know, I can distinctly remember like a really nice memory of like actually uh, coming up with like to the moon, for instance, was like me going around to John's and just us jamming in his kitchen, and then there'd be other stuff where it'd be in one practice studio or another another uh, song like just developed in another practice studio. It's like we kind of like sort of hopscotched around the city or like in who was available, and then what was kind of interesting when we recorded it was like it was all us together and that was it and we're putting it all together in that way and that's cool but I'm saying it's like some bands they completely write the shit in the studio which is kind of an expensive way to do it but since you were doing that at school and doing it for free anyway I was curious no we kind of road tested some of the songs on live shows and stuff as well ah yeah that's a good idea yeah 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 yeah, yeah, you do an album and it's all done you know without ever playing it for people And then once yeah. you do it for, for a year, it's like, man, we should have recorded it. Yeah, yeah. Here, I want to play this song up uh, to the forest. I guess to the moon and to the forest. I don't think Raph Cramden said to the forest. <laughs>
restless and heartless You freeze me You freeze me You don't phone me Why don't you write? Why don't you write? Because you delight In cutting me to the bone The suffocating syllables that you sent You you spat them back And you also described my heart As a shelter in the park That's been pissed upon
Lock for Pedro show. Yeah, to the forest, false bliss. And after that, keep in motion by guided by voices. Yeah, I think he's working on his 104th album right now. <laughs> <laughs> the Odes with uh, Miles Away. That's got Ted Milton from Blurt. Great cat. Uh, Rattle Mouth with We Sleep Outside. Red, Ma Red Mass out of Montreal Show Me the Money. Henry Kaiser with Roberto Zorzi. Yeah, he's got an album of uh, guitar duets. And this is Limpaziente Inglesa. Yeah, so maybe English limping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to see uh, Guided by Voices in London uh, in a couple of weeks. All right. They're, they're, they're playing good, man. They played here in Pedro a couple uh, year and a half ago, and it was great. And he's yeah. going to, I think, play at the Roxy New Year's, and they're going to do like 100 songs. I saw that, yeah. Oh. That's amazing. So, I still and then then the, finally, the, finally, Tonic Banger. By False Bliss. Now, Banger is a sausage, right? Uh, it can be if you want it to be. It can be an old car or smoke as well. Oh, we we say Banger for a, a late, yeah, four Banger, right? We, we call for a four-cylinder four car. But, uh, no, I remember first going to this thing called Full England Breakfast. Bangers and mash. And there's that too, right? Bangers and mash. And it's it's some kind of yeah. it's not, yeah, 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 it's yeah. different kind of sausages. Like they stuff them with some kind of uh, wheat or some kind of filler. They're not they're yeah. not pure meat. Yeah. It's not it's not like your typical American sausage. No, I think it pops too with the skin. Yeah. And tonic tonic is like uh, quinine water you put in with your fucking gin, yeah. so it tastes even more like medicine. <laughs> yeah. I found somewhere that uh, gin, gin actually doesn't come from England. I think it was the Dutch people who came up with it. Juniper berries. God damn, I can't stand the taste of that shit. I'm more into the brown. So, 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 t uh, enlighten me, Teutonic banger. Okay, uh, Teutonic banger. I think um, so it alludes to. Uh, the, the word tonic alludes to Buckfast. I don't know if you've ever sampled the Amber Nectar when you've been in Scotland. Is it a road to false bliss? <laughs> See, yes. a, a common people divided by a language. Yes. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a wine. It's a very viscous wine. It's made by Benedictine monks. And it's our national drink after whiskey and iron brew. What, what about uh, that shit down by uh, Plymouth? A buck, buck, buck staff, buck. Oh well, yes, Buckfast. Buckfast, yeah. So this shit is like it's like liquor and coffee or some shit. And monks make that shit. I'm gonna report record with some Plymouth guys this summer called Tripper, and they they live nearby this pad, and they say a lot of Scott people like to drink this. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, look, everybody's beautiful. Everything that people are drinking is beautiful. It's all, just be careful. I want to know the plans for False Bliss. What's in the future? All right. Yeah, I think um, we're, we're kind of, um, as uh, with this phone call, like Dave's over in Canada. He's, he's moved over there. So three of us have got like some uh, thoughts to sort of, together and uh, I think we're just going to write quite a lot it'll be good to like sort of start playing a few more shows but 
Yeah, we should get some new tracks and maybe rework on how we present old songs as well because they are gone now. So yeah, I think we'll we'll. Um, you guys are going to start doing gigs as a trio, is what you're saying? Yeah, we would we would like to definitely write as a trio, possibly even perform as a trio if it's sounding good. So. And where can people find you on the internet? So if they just search for Full Splits in Bandcamp. And, so there um, ain't no false bliss website. No, no. But there will be like, because everybody fucking needs one. I mean, it's yeah, okay it's to put. Called, uh, it's called Facebook. <laughs> no, no, that's some other guy phone pole that you telephone pole that you're putting flyers up on, and he owns that telephone pole. So I want you guys to get your own website because that would be like you having your own fanzine. Okay, down the road, no rush. But don't, you know, because that, that mean old man's going to tell you to get off his yard if you yeah. start playing shit he don't like. Look, it's a great honor to have you aboard. Uh, I want you, you to keep much. on keeping on. Don't, please don't forget about Dave in Canada. Don't forget oh, yeah, about Dave in Canada. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And Dave, I'm going to see you real soon when I get up there in the fall, okay? Oh, yeah. Horseshoe Tavern. Brother Matt, thank you for your always essential aid and abetting people. Pleasure. Been the May 23, 2019 edition of Waffle Pivo Show. Keep your powder dry.